0: There is over a trillion dollars of waste in supply chains today.
1: The net zero carbon emission is something that corporates are taking very seriously.
0: To meet these objectives, they're going to have to take into consideration CO2 emissions. Hey, and welcome back to another episode of Net Zero Carbon. This is the show at Freight Waves where we deep dive on decarbonization through a lens of freight, fuels, and energy. I'm Tyler Cole, your host, and today I have the pleasure of being joined by Song Hoon Wu, CEO and founder of Amagi. How are you doing? I'm great. Thank
1: you for having me. Welcome to the show. Where does this find you today? Uh, we are I mean, the company is based in Brooklyn, New York, and I'm in the office right now. Awesome. Awesome. Well, thanks for
0: carving out time. I'm a- really excited to deep dive into this because my background is in alternative fuels and propulsion. My current focus is on net zero operational strategies for shippers and companies. And you sit right at the heart of both of those. So let's let's jump in. Tell me a little bit about your background and what is imaging
1: Sure. Uh about my personal background. I mean, I was trained as an engineer. I had I, I completed a PhD program at MIT back in twenty fifteen. But my personal background was not about the energy or ammonia. But my personal, I mean, the education background was more about the semiconductor. So Following the graduation at MIT, I worked in the semiconductor industry for roughly six to seven years, including IBM most recently. But I started this journey together with the other co-founders who had a more exposure to energy and ammonia in general. So that was the beginning of the company, beginning of Amogee back in November, 2020. So it's been roughly 10 half years. So Amogee, I mean, Amogee stands for ammonia plus energy. So we developed the technology converting ammonia to power so that you can use ammonia as a fuel by adopting our technology. So the problem we want to solve, we are solving using our technology, is really the problem around the decarbonization of the heavy transportation. As, as you know, I mean, the electrification of the consumer vehicle is amazing. It's rapidly decarbonizing the small-scale fleets and small vehicles out there, which is great for the planet. However, we still have big, big problems, especially around the heavy transportation like ships and trucks. Which we have to decarbonize, but they are really the backbone of the global economy. So we can't really stop them. So for decarbonizing those large transportation, we have to use highly energy liquid fuels, including ammonia. So that's what really excited us in the beginning as we were starting this journey together. And then, I mean, for the last ten and a half years, company have been able, company has been able to successfully demonstrate our technology in different platforms. And now we are graphically approaching the commercialization of this technology the next couple of years. So exciting. Congratulations on the success so far. And
0: selfishly, you know, we're focused on the same problem. So I'm really, really glad that somebody is making headway here. But let's break down kind of the constituent parts a little bit. So you mentioned some of your other co-founders who had focused on this space in energy first. You coming from a semi-background, where are the where are the synergies between focusing on like semiconductor engineering and then much more maybe of a mechanical and uh, you know, energy carrier engineering problem that is molecules and transportation.
1: Yeah, uh, that's right. I mean, for me, even if I was working on the completely different industries that I conduct, however, I was also building uh, the energy problem at the nanoscale. How to yeah, reduce the energy for the computation, how to use the different systems like the neural network to make the, the computation more energy efficient. But the, with that said, I had a general interest in energy problems in micro scale as well as the macro scale. And that really connect myself and the rest of the co-founders who had more exposure experiences at the macro scale energy problems. So we all, uh, I mean, in the beginning of the journey, we were, we were all talking about this energy problem and what energy problem we can really solve by putting these hands together and making our own journey that's what really brought us to this problem around heavy, de- heavy transportation decarbonization and also ammonia as a as a fuel to decarbonize these uh, these problems.
0: Really interesting. And I love the comparison of the nano and the macro. Because you'll have to tell me, I'm sure there's a statistic around the computational power, you know, of the size of some of these uh, semiconductor chips and they get smaller and smaller and able to compute more every year. So if you have any statistics there on where we're at with that technology, I just find that fascinating.
1: Yeah, I mean I kind of forgot because it's been a while since I since I left the industry. But I, I recently heard I mean to really run, for example, ChatGPT, you really need massive amount of the energy for that computation. But of course the, the technology is amazing. However, that industry has to be I mean has reducing the amount of the energy they spend as well. But there is innovation coming in. So I'm 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 excited to see that. I mean from distance at the moment.
0: Very exciting.
1: Well, innovation
0: in this space, let's talk about ammonia specifically. How did you determine that as the optimal energy carrier? Did you start with the problem of let's evaluate multiple fuels, or did you start and say, hey, here's an underutilized fuel source, how can we apply that to this problem?
1: So yeah, one of the co-founders who is currently CTO of the company, he did a research on several different molecules, in, including ammonia and hydrogen, and LOHC, a liquid organic hydrogen carrier, as well as methanol. And that was my first exposure to ammonia as I was talking to him and we basically spent, I mean, including the other two co-founders, four of us spent probably two to three months together, diving deeper into the different characteristics of the molecules and how they can tell decarbonizing really potentially heavy transportations. But to be honest, I mean, back then, two and a half years ago, there were not many people talking about like ammonia or methanol. So we I mean of course we did our own technical diligence, but at the same time, we wanted to start something and show something to the world as the very first mover to really can show that we can, we can actually make it work and we can actually use this as, a, as, a, as an important fuel and, and also as we were building the company together, it was also very exciting and interesting to see how the world surrounding world are kind of transitioning into, I mean why do we focus not just the battery, also hydrogen and ammonia in general.
0: Yeah, that's a good call out. I think. In general, the consensus is now coalescing around this idea that it's no silver bullets, right? We need lots of different solutions, and they're probably going to be specialized for different sectors and industries. But you also make another interesting comparison with ChatGPT and compute, which I think is comparable to, you know, uh, falling costs of renewables, falling costs of compute power, allowing these new technologies to really scale. Similarly, we see the same falling costs of renewables falling cost of electrolyzers and hydrogen and battery, allowing these new downstream solutions to come to market. And that's kind of upstream from where the ammonia production sits. So maybe talk a little bit about how you think just ammonia as a supply source can kind of scale once the platform's built where you can use it effectively.
1: Sure. Yeah, that's a really good question. So ammonia, I mean, the biggest advantage of really using ammonia as fuel is ammonia has been used more than h- longer than 100 years, mainly as a fertilizer. So ammonia itself is the second most produced chemical in the world, and one of the most traded commodity around the world, meaning there are existing uh, skilled production capability of ammonia, as well as the existing infrastructure, including, I mean, the pipelines and ammonia barges and transporting carriers and the terminals, and more than roughly 200 cores dealing with the ammonia export and import daily basis. So those are already existing. Which is pretty helpful, Which is very helpful because I mean, as we are expanding to use ammonia as a fuel, we can really learn from how we've been handling ammonia in different industry for longer than several decades. So, talk to me about the fuel a little
0: bit. So, ammonia for those who aren't familiar in NH3, three, how is it produced today? How do you imagine it being produced in the future? I know this is a bit upstream from where you guys sit uh, as creating as a, a useful fuel, but having a supply there is really important.
1: Hundred percent. I mean. We are certainly decarbonizing the downstream, the use case of the ammonia. However, the upstream has to be decarbonized at the same time so that we can really decarbonize the full value chain. So for the ammonia production today, ammonia NH3 is the, I mean, the combination of the N, nitrogen, and the H, hydrogen. So ammonia feedstock is essentially the hydrogen and then nitrogen from the air. But if you look at the production of the hydrogen, so probably more than 95% of the hydrogen are produced using natural gas today. By going through the steam methane reforming process, which is great, generating massive amount of the CO2. But however, as, uh, you know, as many of the audiences know, there are massive investment and effort happening in decarbonization of the hydrogen production itself using blue hydrogen and green hydrogen, as well as pink hydrogen. And that is used as a, as a start of the blue and green and also potentially pink ammonia. So with the, I mean, uh, with the, the decarbonization of hydrogen in the industry, that is also decarbonizing the ammonia and that in the future, as we really scale our technology, we envision our technology and the system will likely be using decarbonized ammonia starting from 2025 and beyond.
0: Really interesting to hear. And for those who follow it, the hydrogen piece is important there because that that is an established industry too, just like ammonia is. But almost all of it is used in chemical feedstocks today produced from fossils. So we're talking about green hydrogen as an opportunity for combustion or for alternative fuel production, you're really scaling up an entirely new industry because you're first going to have to tackle that dirty fossil hydrogen. Ammonia doesn't quite have that same problem uh, because it can use hydrogen from both. And we're talking about production, I'm sorry, uh, consumption downstream. I need to, to dig in a little bit on the emission profile of the ammonia. Once it goes through your platform, can we talk about
1: how it looks coming out the backside of a tailpipe, for example? Sure. I mean, our platform and our ammonia-to-power system first to go a little bit deep on the technology piece And our system is not the combustion-based, it's, the, it's cracking-based. Meaning our system first takes ammonia and our modular, I mean, the, at proprietary technology cracker basically cracks hydrogen out of the ammonia. So it converts the ammonia to hydrogen, then locally the hydrogen without having the intermediate hydrogen storage goes directly to the hydrogen fuel cell. So that's how we are generating the power, the energy using ammonia as a fuel. So we use exactly same hydrogen fuel cell, the PEMFC, the low temperature PEMFC for the power generation. But instead of storing hydrogen as hydrogen, we store hydrogen as ammonia. We convert ammonia to hydrogen spontaneously using our technology. That's how we generate power. So because there is no ammonia combustion part in place, there is no, I mean, the uh, NOx emission. There is no like CO2 emission. So, our solution really offers the two zero emission solution for the customers.
0: What happens to the nitrogen in that chemical molecule once it's cracked?
1: So, nitrogen is essentially coming back to the air. So, nitrogen that we are generating is essentially the same nitrogen that we have 80% in the air.
0: Got it. And that's not a problem when we talk yeah. about nitrogen as a problem for local pollution. It's really the nitrous oxides and that can
1: right.
0: So, exactly. Really, really insightful. This is, I've always thought about this as more of a combustion issue, but it's actually a solution to. How do you transport and
1: distribute hydrogen efficiently? Exactly. So, I mean, to be honest, I mean, ammonia, because ammonia has been highlighted as an important field for the last probably few years, given its high energy density and ease of the transportation and storage. So we are taking the pathway, combining the cracking plus the fuel cell, but also there are other companies out there working on the ammonia combustion piece to combust the ammonia effectively and to capture the produced NOx effectively so that you can also be, I mean, the potentially the zero emission solution in the future. But we believe, I mean, from Amogee's perspective, ammonia cracking plus fear cell may be the most mature technology at the moment, which we can provide commercial offerings as soon as 2024 and 2025. Super exciting. Well, let's talk about that next. Let's
0: talk about commercial operating. So where are you guys in development of the platform? Um, where are you go- Do you have any existing partnerships? Let's talk about developments at Amage
1: Sure. So, I mean, over the course of the last two and a half years, company has demonstrated three different vehicles using our technology. So the very first one was 5 kilowatt scale ammonia powered drone. And that's the, the very first, I mean, the, uh, the the concept verification of the technology we built using, I mean, only the seed funding of roughly $3 million. And then after proving that technology at smaller scale, we then raised Series A funding from Amazon as well as the, uh, the BC, where we raised roughly $20 million. And using the additional funding, we scaled the technology twenty times bigger. So last year, roughly I mean this time in last year, we demonstrated the ammonia powered John Deere tractor. So we brought bought the John Deere Tractor and, and retrofit using our technology. And also for the John Deere Tractor, we actually brought John Deere Tractor to the Cornville and to prove that we can, yeah, there are existing ammonia ecosystem, ammonia like pipelines and terminals existing out there, and our technology can very quickly uh, Decarbonize those industries which is already using ammonia. After that, the company raised an additional uh, forty-six million from investors like Amazon, Saudi Aramco, and SK. Then we scaled it further, and only this year we demonstrated semi-truck, the uh, powered by ammonia, three hundred kilo scale, roughly three times bigger than a tractor. And for that particular semi-truck, we designed the truck to have the equivalent electric energy compared to Tesla semi. But our truck can be recharged and refueled within seven minutes by taking advantage of liquid fuel ammonia. Then this year, I mean, we are actively working on retrofitting a tugboat, I mean, the maritime vessel, which we are very much excited for. So we essentially started from 5 kilowatt scale drone. Now we are building the megawatt scale tugboat. And that is going to be really the final uh, demonstration of technology before commercially offering our solution for all the customers out there initially in the shipping. And more in the heavy industry starting from 2024
0: really exciting and it seems like shipping probably has i wouldn't say the least path to resistance because there's clearly uh scale issues that you've got to figure out but um given that there's already fuel supply tankers export terminals (coughs) excuse me it makes the most sense to me that that would be a readily available market like with long-haul trucking you don't necessarily have to start popping up ammonia tanks all over the country uh, like you already have some of that built in maritime the scale gap to the size of the vessels that we're looking at. Tell me how Ambigy is thinking about if maritime is an ideal solution, how you work with shipbuilders and thinking about upgrading that technology to be, you know, Atlantic ocean crossing scale.
1: Yeah. So, yeah, you're right. I mean, so we demonstrate our technology in many different platforms, but really the first market is going to be the shipping because if you look at the shipping industry, there are not many solutions which can possibly decarbonize the industry. And the industry is already acknowledging ammonia as the future of the fuel. That's why, the, I mean, the most, probably the, all of the, I mean, marine engine makers are working with the ammonia-based propulsion system as well. So as for the scalability, the company is developing. Now we are planning to demonstrate the megawatt scale this year in 2023. So if you look at our trajectory, we started from, again, five kilowatt to two and a half years ago. Now we are demonstrating megawatt. So the company is going to continuously increase the scale free to several megawatts and potentially 10 plus megawatts to cover the container ships and cargo ships in 2035 and plus. However, even with the one megawatt, one to few megawatt scale that we can demonstrate 2023 and 2024, there are a number of vessels we can decarbonize already using our technology. For example, like uh, the barges or the tugboats or offshore supply vessels and fish farming vessels, there are a number of vessels which can already benefit from our technology starting from 2024. Of course, we will continue scaling the technology so that we envision our technology can potentially really decarbonize the massive immersed container ships out there towards the end of this decade.
0: Really, really cool. Does this follow a, uh, I don't know, a Moore's Law type trajectory? Is there repeatability to this sort of increasing scale of production with your system, do you think? Or is that me just trying to be creative with your semiconductor background.
1: Sure. Yeah. I mean the, we are taking the modular approach, meaning our the, the single module of our I mean, the power system can be combined together to really cover the wide variety of different range of the power requirements, starting from the megawatt, which can be 10 plus megawatt in the next few years. But the bigger question for us is making the system more and more cost effective because we are as the first mover, we are demonst- we are presenting the very first product, which has never existed in the market, then now as we scale the technology scalability, we are pretty confident to scale up to ten or twenty plus megawatt in the following few years. But we also have to ensure that our system is, I mean, uh, attractive for all the customers who may be sensitive to to the pricing information.
0: Yeah, definitely a big consideration. Where's the end of that necessary power need uh, for some of the larger vessels that could be out there?
1: So, yeah, large vessels, I mean, typically, I mean, really the massive vessels out there, I mean, the container ships, they require 50 plus megawatt. Yeah. So now we are demonstrating megawatt this year, then we have to scale it 50 times bigger in the next few years, but we are really confident that we can achieve that.
0: Super exciting. Mm-hmm. You mentioned customers. Who would be Amogee's customers at the end of the day? Are you licensing a modular platform that shipbuilders can adopt, or are there... Engine manufacturers that you'll be selling this technology to? How are you thinking about that go to market?
1: Sure. I mean our customers, it's first of all, the shipbuilding or retrofitting is pretty complicated process. You have to work with the customer who could be ship owner and operator, but at the same time, you have to work with the labor architect and the shipyard and, and and the regulators such as Coast Guard or the Classification Society, we call it the maritime industry, such as DMV or Lloyd register. But our ultimate uh customer is going are going to be the ship owners and operator. So for example, we already announced a couple of partnerships. Last year, we announced partnership with a company called, called Southern Deval Company. So Southern Deval Group, they are the largest ammonia barge operator. So as I briefly mentioned in the beginning, ammonia is now used as fertilizer and there is ammonia pipeline in the United States. But more popular way of transporting ammonia is using ammonia barges because most of the Corn Belt area are located around the Mississippi River and they own the most number of ammonia barges. So we partnered with them to decarbonize their ammonia barge operations, which is actually the low-hanging fruit for us because they've already equipped with all the ammonia storage and safety system. So we just need to replace the propulsion system, which is a digital genset, to our ammonia power system. And more more recently, we also announced partnership with the company called Marco Polo based in Singapore, which is operating offshore supply vessels and platform supply vessels. An offshore supply vessel has huge demand when it comes to decarbonization of the vessel itself because they are building the wind farms to decarbonize electricity productions. But these operations itself, operation of the, of the offshore wind industry itself have to be decarbonized. So we are working together with them to decarbonize these vessels. So there are a few projects we are already working on. That also gives us the better understanding about the ecosystem in general. But what we see at this point is there's huge demand for zero emission solution, to very time shipping, but there are not really many solutions available, and Amazon may be the first one offering that commercial offering starting from twenty twenty four.
0: That is so exciting! Congrats to you and the team. I love hearing this sort of solution come to life, and and relatively quickly in terms of how long it takes getting anything new that's hardware babies and uh, not off the shelf to market. So, congrats to you and the team. I'm excited to see where you guys go with this next. Um, to that end, do you have any forthcoming news announcements? What's next, just getting to that megawatt scale this year? What's on the horizon?
1: So, yeah, we are really excited for this opportunity to introduce our technology for the maritime shipping. But globally, we also see that ammonia power system can also be used for the utility-scale decarbonization. Meaning, I mean, last year, for example, Singapore, uh, the uh, government put the EOI, expression of the interest, basically I uh, was uh, soliciting the technology converting ammonia to power, to potentially power the country. And also the other countries such as, I mean, Japan and South Korea are looking to adopt ammonia as the fuel, not just to, I mean, decarbonize shipping, but also really to decarbonize the utility and the the electrification. So these are really massive opportunities which we can potentially apply our technology to. These are the opportunity, much more than 50 megawatt, probably gigawatt scale in the future. So we are very much excited for opportunities like that. And of course, the companies committed to decarbonize first in the shipping, but the future potential is much, much more huge from our perspective at this moment, which we are very excited for.
0: That's so exciting. I love hearing a good solution for the problem of how do we get hydrogen where we need it to be to decarbonize industries? And this is the way to do it. So um, thanks for sharing that. And thanks for uh, coming on the show. I ask all my guests, we're getting close on time. So I want to put a final question to you. Um, why is this important to you? Why does it matter that we're working on decarbonization?
1: Yeah, thank you for the question. So sustainability. Sustainability is agenda of the generation, agenda of the myself as well. I mean, we really have to make this planet sustainable so that we can maintain and everything the, all the beautiful things that we are enjoying t- today for the next generations. I also have my child as well. But 2050 is not really very far from today. I mean, we only have like 25 years to really change the world and make the planet sustainable. And we should really feel the urgency so that we can make the work. Otherwise, I mean, 2050 is not the random number. If we, we cannot achieve 2050, it's going to be just for after that. And especially if you look at the shipping or heavy transportation, as soon as you, and as, as, as you build the one, I mean, use system, and new technology is going to last at least 25, 30 years. You really have to start today to reach the next year by 2050. So I feel that under urgency and I also build a responsibility. So I want to execute that with my energy and my team's energy, our company's energy, to really make that change happening.
0: That's a noble, admirable answer. Thank you for the focus and the work and what drives you to get the work done. You make an interesting point that I think few people realize. A lot of people will say, yes, we're doing it for, it used to be my grandkids. And now it's my kids and it's actually us now. (laughs) (laughs) It's (laughs) actually us and going to directly impact us later in our lives. Um, But few people realize how long some of these assets live in the wild once they're made, whether it's a locomotive or a marine vessel or a power plant. These are decades-long investments. That's right. The 2050s right in front of us. That's where the urgency comes from for a lot of these decisions. So that's an important, important thing to call out. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you again for the opportunity. Yeah, I look forward to engaging and getting you back on the show next year once we have some more progress and cheering you guys on. Exciting, we'll do for sure. Thank you. Thanks, Duncan. There is over a trillion dollars of waste in supply chains today.
1: The net zero carbon emission is something that corporates are taking very seriously.
0: To meet these objectives, they're going to have to take into consideration CO2 emissions.